Today we're talking about why the Sigma INFJ never cares to fit in. So the typical Sigma INFJ is an INFJ who doesn't care about being part of a social group. And in such a way that they don't care to be the leader, so they don't really care to be the typical alpha role, somebody who needs a following in order to feel good about themselves, and they also don't identify as beta which is all about having a leader in front of you who shows you the way and you're the one who follows that person. The Sigma, on the other hand, does things by their own accord. They say where they go, they say who they are, how they wanna live their life. And I personally believe most INFJs actually fall into that category. So okay, we get it. That's what a Sigma INFJ is all about. So the question is, why does the Sigma INFJ never care to fit in? What is different about that Sigma INFJ than any other type? Why is it actually so easy for us to go our own way and for other types it's so difficult and they have to stay in an environment that might not be the best for them? But what's even more interesting is the question, if INFJs or Sigma INFJs actually live this way, why is it still this topic of, okay, something is missing. I'm not really feeling connected to other people. I don't feel like that's how it's supposed to be. And today we're going to answer that question again. So why the Sigma INFJ never cares to fit in and how we can use our additional knowledge to still get all of the benefits from having those kind of connections that we all yearn for. Before we get started, I wanna remind you if you haven't done this so far to download the poster on the five pillars to an INFJ epic life. There we also talk about relationship management. And if you wanna take it to the next level and transform your life, then get the INFJ Epic Life Audio Guide. All the information you find in the links in the description. In my experience in having worked with so many INFJs throughout the years, this is something that continuously comes up. The question of, okay, I know I do my own thing. I'm not the typical person who's part of a group. Okay, I've accepted that, but there's still something missing and I'm not happy about it. Because trust me, if there are parts of your life that you're totally fine with, that you're totally happy with, you're not even questioning those things. So for the longest time, I had like this problem with not having so many social contacts that I didn't need to meet people like face to face every day in order to feel connected. I understood with time, like, okay, I need less than other people and, you know, online things really, really energize me. But, you know, there's still this threshold that I need to reach in order to be content. And that might be that I'm able to go a much longer period without being with people than, let's say, other types. So how does it look like if we're not happy with the situation? we actually start telling ourselves stories over and over again. I'm not telling myself the story, no, you have enough contacts. No, everything is good. That's just the way you're supposed to be because I just feel it, it's part of who I am. That's not even something that's on my mind. But so many INFJs tell themselves, I'm a Sigma INFJ, that's just the way I am. And uh, you know, that's the reason why I feel like I have to be a lone wolf in a way, right? But the thing is this, if you really get to this place where you don't feel like a lone wolf, where you feel like everything is okay, you're not going to ask yourself those questions. And nowadays, this topic of, you know, Sigma INFJ has had a high probably for the last one or two years. And the reason for this is that so many people see this as an explanation for their loneliness for them not feeling the connection that they actually yearn for. It's so much easier if you have this external explanation of, yeah, I know why I'm sad. I know why this is the way life is supposed to be for me because I'm a Sigma INFJ. 
And with that, the conversation ends, but it still doesn't change the fact that it's something that bothers you, right? Otherwise it wouldn't even be a thing. So what's going on here? I completely understand that once we find a reason for our unhappiness, we like to give it meaning. That's just how the human mind works. We're a meaning making machine. And that's a good thing because it allows us to categorize certain things. So we're not constantly thinking about things that we cannot change, but it's super important for me to make it a point that just because you define yourself in a certain way, that doesn't mean that that is a justification for being unhappy. It all started with, you know, just saying I'm an INFJ and that's the reason why I'm lonely. That's the reason why I'm a martyr. That's the reason why, you know, I'm an empath and I feel everything so deeply and why I get hurt by other people, right? This is not the way it's supposed to be. It's a great first step and like, you know, it makes you feel good for a minute, but then it's time to take it to the next step. And what is the next step? So if you see yourself as a Sigma INFJ and you say, that's the way I go. I don't need other people to follow me in such a way that, you know, they look up to me or I'm the one who, you know, tells them what to do in order to feel good. And I'm also not the one who wants to be part of a group like this. So what does that leave me? Like, I just have to be alone, but that's not the case because there's so many people who actually live in the state of being Sigma, of being a Sigma INFJ, even people who are probably more of a beta type or an alpha type can connect with a Sigma. But that's the place where we have to be responsible for our life. That's actually when you start creating your INFJ epic life, when you become the director of your own movie. Because being a Sigma and being fulfilled means that yes, you do your own thing, but you're still creating connections through that. You're just not doing it at the price of people have to follow me as in a way of, if you don't see everything the way I see it, if you don't come into my world and it all plays out by the rules of it's my world and I'm just going to allow you to come in it if you play by my rules and, and this is the most important part, and I don't really give you a different option. Right? Because you might ask, okay, what's the difference between an alpha and a Sigma? If both of them say, this is my life, this is the way I go about it. You know, why are some people then, you know, drawn to the alpha and they're not drawn to the Sigma type, right? Or why is it okay for an alpha to accept a beta into their life? And a Sigma is not in such a way, let's say a beta was looking for an alpha leader and you don't want to be that. And we've all experienced this. If people want to project that onto you and you're really confident and no, that's not the way I roll. You just don't even allow that in your space. And that's the difference here because very often this dependency is present when you have, let's say an alpha beta relationship, right? The alpha needs something to push their ego. They need others to give them feedback of, yes, you're great, or, you know, you're very smart or whatever it may be. They need that in order to feel good about themselves. And so they're attracted by people who need to be around that kind of person who don't have that feeling of, you know, I feel good about myself either, but as long as they're around somebody who demands it in such a way, you know, they sort of feel like there's some kind of connection and there's a codependency and you know, it all makes sense. It's a working system. The Sigma on the other hand works differently, right? The Sigma INFJ in particular 
goes out and if they make connections with people, they want to make those connections based on authenticity, meaning I want my way to be my way and I want your way to be your way. And I'm not here waiting for you to give me any kind of gratification about how I live my life, who I am, um, you know, you telling me how great I am or anything like that. Because if you do or you don't, I still do my own thing. I still believe in what I am and who I want to be and where my life is going. And if you're acting in such a way, you automatically attract different kinds of people and not only different kinds of people, but just different kinds of dynamics. So let's say somebody would fall into a beta category and they are attracted to a lot of alpha people, right? They might not be completely attracted to a Sigma, but they're still part of them that wants exactly that. Because what the Sigma gives other people is the inspiration of you can be yourself. And once a person really gets to this place where they decide I'm actually a Sigma myself, INFJ or not, they're of course going to be more attracted to somebody who's by default somebody who does their own thing because it gives people freedom. It allows them to be themselves. And you've seen this actually when a Sigma INFJ is around alphas or betas, how they actually get attracted to the INFJ Sigma in a completely different way. Because for the first time they actually see, oh, this person will allow me to be myself. And not in a way of here you have permission, but if you see somebody else living out their truth, you automatically are way more at ease at doing this because very often somebody who's extremely alpha or who's extremely beta, you know, in their perception, there is no other way to live because those are like deeply engraved psychological needs. And very often these are not healthy ones. And we're not talking about the healthy alpha, you know, person, because again, like if you want to see my interpretation of all of this, please watch my videos, just, you know, search for whence is alpha or whence is Sigma. Um, because I really believe the definition of alpha that I have is really more about, okay, I'm the leader of my own life. I uplift people and all of that, but that's not how most of society sees it. And that's also not what we're talking about today. Today, we're really talking about those stereotypical alpha needs to be followed. Beta is the one who follows alpha and Sigma is the one who actually does their own thing. So we already established the Sigma INFJ doesn't need to have other people's permission. They don't need to have other people's understanding of their situation. So why do so many Sigma INFJs still feel disconnected? It's because of the fear of judgment. It's because there is this thing of, okay, if I put myself out there, what am I going to do? People are either going to judge me. That's going to hurt my feelings. I'm going to feel like I'm, you know, embarking on other people's freedom of mind, right? Because I'm sharing something that might make them uncomfortable. And it also might be that you just say, what's the point? Like I've tried this and my ideas are way too out there. If you are in this position, trust me, you're still acting from a place of I'm doing something in order to get an external result. And that is still not the place we want to be. We want to be at a place of interdependence. And that really starts with you saying, even if nobody in this world accepted me for the way I am, even if people thought I was completely crazy, my ideas were way too out there. I'm doing this because it makes me feel good to live this way. I'm choosing this path because if I do this, 
I feel excited about my life. I'm proud of myself. You know, I think like that's a cool way of living. So that in itself gives you a completely different self-confidence than, you know, doing something so other people find you interesting or cool or whatever it may be. And I've been in this situation and I've seen INFJs throughout the years been in very similar situations where they have learned and I had learned the skill to make other people like me, but in such a way that, you know, they liked me because I was able to be the person that they wanted me to be. I was able to be, you know, this role that represented everything that seemed like so great, but that role wasn't me. And I had to make a choice between, do I want to be somebody who people love and I'm not actually that person, or am I rather going to be somebody that people are going to like less in a lot of ways, but I like that version of me, right? I actually love that version of me. The thing is that this transformation, changing from this one place to the other is hard. It's not something that comes easy. Once you've done that transformation, you know, it's like second nature because it's actually exactly who we are. It's, you know, all about authenticity, but going through that, it actually means that you have to face your own demons. You have to face all those fears of abandonment. You have to face the fear that, you know, this thing of I am actually enough. And so many INFJs have learned throughout their childhood and young adulthood that it's not okay to be yourself because others were just so much more present, the way others behave, the way they live their life. And so in the beginning, you know, when we started really building up this sense of self, we directly were confronted with just this wave of people who were different and that sort of like always give us this pushback of no, don't be yourself. But now we're adults and now we can take it on and we can do this step by step. So if you say, I am willing to make that transition, I'm willing to give up any kind of, you know, acceptance that I'm getting for playing a role, I'm really ready to give that up because good is not good enough. I want extraordinary. I want an epic life. I want to feel true connection. I want to feel like I'm doing things on my own terms. I'm not looking for others to give me any kind of feedback that this is good or bad because I'm going to do this anyway. And then yes, you'll get some feedback. Yes, you'll get connections. Yes, you'll actually gather people around you who are all about let's be ourselves together, right? We're a community. We grow with each other. We, you know, make everything happen but it isn't that we have to pay the price of the alpha beta dynamic. And that doesn't mean that you have to create like some kind of community or anything like this. I'm really talking about how you live your life. So even to this day, so many of my relationships are, you know, the same ones I used to have. Like my best friends are still my best friends, my family, still my family. And still the way I see life, the way I see my friends, the way I see our dynamics are completely different to what they used to be. So you actually change your approach to life. And with that, your entire life changes. And it all starts with that. Like you have to admit to yourself, yes, I'm sort of afraid. The more I come out as me, who I really am, people are going to have an opinion on it. They're not going to like it. I know that for a fact and that you say, I'm going to do it anyway because it's more important for me to be myself and to enjoy that. And I'm not going to hide it anymore. I'm not going to go into hermit mode. I'm not going to try to protect myself. I can handle the growth. 
because you deserve to blossom. Remember, if you want some more inspiration and guidelines, how to start that process, then download the poster on the five pillars to an INFJ Epic Life. And if you wanna take it to the next level, then get the INFJ Epic Life audio guide. And if you wanna watch another video now that is in alignment with today's topic, then watch the video, Why People Can't Stand the INFJ Beating by Their Own Drum.